What's up, everybody? What's happening? We are back. Burn offerings. I am Steve. I'm Jared. That's Jared. And uh, this week, yeah, man, killer shit. We're talking about a really sick movie, and I'm really stoked about it. So we'll get to that. But well, since our last episode, mm-hmm. we seen Sakuzu. Yeah, we did. And it was a killer show. Forgot about that show. Yeah, a lot of friends, a lot of spirits flowing. There were some, there were some uh, beverages. Yeah, we had some beverages and uh, got to see Mike. Got to see uh, Chris from Shit Life. Like the whole the whole gang was there. Yeah, everyone was there. It was a good show. Um, I finally got to see Shroud, which uh, was really fucking rad. And Asphyxiate. Mm-hmm. Headlined. Yep. From uh, they're on tour from Indiana. Indiana. Yep. I think it was their last uh, their last date. Yeah, they were good. Uh, I I didn't buy anything at the show. I kind of wanted to get a Sakuzu shirt, but a little strap for cash at the time. But I can always hit those guys up and try to you know get one at a later time. Oh yeah. It was a good show. Um, Sakuzu just they get better and better every time I see them. This show is no exception. Um, they're really turning out to be one of the best Detroit bands in my catalog. Yeah, and they're 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 keeping super active. They are. They're playing a lot of shows. Playing a lot of shows. Fucking recording. Yeah. They did. They. I mean, really put out the demo. They rode that for a little bit, but it's like the demo is put out seven. Already finished recording their LP. And then I think they're doing another seven-inch split. Yeah, Slash the Pose came out this year. Yeah. Fucking killer. Absolutely killer. Um, And they played a lot from that live. Oh, yeah. So that was cool. Um, But, yeah, uh, other than the Sakuzu show, uh, what have you been up to, man? Anything different? Cool? No, I dealt with uh, my tire blowing out on the freeway. Yeah, that's and not then, good. Yeah, and then I get out of the car like fuck, it's like seven in the morning. Actually, like six forty in the morning. I'm like, all right, I guess I got to change a fucking tire. And then when I found out because my tire is mounted under my car, yeah, someone stole it. <laughs> that's fucked up. I'm like, awesome, no fucking spare. I love it. Goddamn. I uh, also uh, before the Sakuzu show had a blowout on Michigan Avenue. That sucked. Uh, Fuck that. That sucked. That was a pain in the fucking ass. You had to call me to help you with that, and it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I felt bad for how long it took and how shitty it was, And but thank you for that. That was that was a pain in the dick, man. But Yeah, we ended up having to totally break off that piece that was holding in your spare. Yeah, basically there's a wing nut. That spins that holds my tire in place. A giant plastic wing nut. So don't just don't be thinking like this little metal thing. No, a giant plastic like disc. cylinder basically that has a, a bolt that comes out of it. Right. And that was just seized up basically. Yeah, it was like rusted. Fucking. We had to like literally take a tire iron, break the fucking wing nut. That took like. 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I was optimistic at first because I was trying to actually get it to turn. 
Yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, we'll just break it free eventually. It'll just fucking, it's gonna have to break free. It, no, it just didn't. It didn't. So, but we got the fucking tire changed, and I had to throw some ducats down on a new tire. So that that happened. <laughs> um, anything else, man? What? Uh, I don't know, man. What have you been up to? I've been enjoying I, this weather. I skipped my work Christmas party last night. I that's skipped. What I, that's what I've been too. up to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't blame you because the drive. Yeah, like I got like a forty-five minute drive about, and that's if I leave ten minutes before I'm supposed to leave. Right. If I leave when I'm supposed to leave, that goes up to like fifty minutes to an hour. And then if I were to leave any time after that, it'd be like hour plus. That fucking blows, dude. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just not staying for the party. I don't blame you. I was kind of hungover the night before. I just kind of wanted to come home and not do that. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. Uh, company Christmas party was last Saturday, and I skipped out on it. I went to the Sakuzu show instead. It's a good call. Yeah, for sure, because... Apparently there was some drunk people there and some stupid shit happened, so that's cool. And I have to work with these people, so glad I wasn't involved. Um, I wish something cool like that would happen in mine. But they just do it in our building, and they have like people, like they bring in caterers and like servers and shit to walk around serving drinks on trays. That's cool. So nothing crazy is going to happen unless somebody gets really drunk and sits on a copy machine or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like Congress with a two-drink minimum. It's a fucking wild joint. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I've been, uh, I don't know. I've been jamming some. Uh, okay, first of all, I, I want to point out that um, I have in my possession at home some Gorilla Glue 4. And it's a really strong strand of marijuana. And I've been smoking a lot of that lately. And uh, because of that, I've been jamming some stoner metal. Uh, taking a break from, like, the crushing doom stuff into more of, like, the fucking stoner stuff. Um, but it's it's where I started, kind of, with doom metal. It was the stoner stuff that got me into it. So yeah. um, before I get into that... What have you been jamming, dude? Nothing, uh, nothing really right home about. Been on a fucking Judas Priest kick. Yeah, we listened to Unleashed in the East just tonight. Uh, we listened to Unleashed in the East, uh, Hellbent for Leather, for Leather, and Defenders of the Faith. Yep. And then as soon as this is wrapped up, we're gonna jam Screaming for Vengeance. Yeah, I think we are. Yeah, I'm putting that on. Yeah, it would be good. It would be a good thing. Uh, I the other day I threw on Sleep uh, Jerusalem, which is the original cut of Dope Smoker, cut into six pieces, six parts, and I always like that version better than Dope Smoker. It's it's shorter, it's right to the point, and it's about 58 minutes long as opposed to the hour and three minutes long that Dope Smoker is. But to me, the gap between 58 minutes and an hour and three minutes is all filler. So I, I like to get to the point and like, it's bad enough that you're sitting there for an hour listening to the same riff over and over again. 
but I, I, I like to hear the riff and not the filler stuff. So I like the Jerusalem uh, version of Dope Smoker a little bit better. And uh, man, it, that shit sounds phenomenal on Gorilla Glue. Wow. Uh, I jammed uh, the old school uh, Bongzilla record, Gateway. <clears throat> I believe that was 1999 that came out. And uh, Weed Eater, Goliathin. I'm waiting for a new record from those guys. Uh, that one came out in 2015. We're going on about four years since they've released any material. But that album's really good. Uh, and then a band from uh, the U.S., I want to say North Dakota, called Egypt. They're like, um, how, did I, how did I put this? I had an uh, acronym for it. Yeah. Yeah, they're Super Sabbath. They are very Vitus, but they're mostly mountain. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. So, <laughs> basically, it's like they're really fucking killer, but they're not like, they're not heavy. They're not going to fucking break your neck or anything. It's just more of like a bluesy stoner rock band, but like they nail it. It's really good, and uh, it's like kind of Richie Blackmore, Deep Purple, Rainbow, fucking Mountain kind of riffs. And uh, I've been jamming them. And then uh, Stone Jesus from uh, Ukraine. Uh, they're a Ukrainian band. They uh, Their album, First Communion. Uh, these dudes, like I told you earlier, take fucking ripping Black Sabbath off to a whole new level. They uh, <laughs> sound just like Black Sabbath. Um, but their fucking killer, their singer sounds just like Young Ozzy. It, it blows my mind. And uh, they're really good. And then uh, tossed in some Acid King, a band called Serpent Throne I've been listening to, which is an instrumental, kind of a metal. I don't know how to describe them. It's one guy, and I'm pretty sure it's from the U.S. And then I've been jamming Moss, the Horrible Nights album waiting for some new material from them and we got an email on the show from shed ghoul 84 or something like that yeah and they wanted us to mention maybe thou or church of misery yeah he asked us what uh what we thought of those two bands and i will say that thou i've heard them but i'm not too familiar with most of their stuff church of misery I, I've loved that band since you showed them to me five years ago. Yeah. Uh, I threw on Master of Brutality. There's a song on there called Ripping to Pieces, Ripping into Pieces. And that fucking guitar riff is so melodic and so good. It's so catchy and it's, it's like really hooky, you know? It like hooks you. And that whole album is really fucking good. And everything Church of Misery ever put out was really good. Yeah, the only one I own is uh, Masters of Brutality, but um, the other one I remember listening to is Volume 1, which I want to say is like their third or fourth yeah. album. Yeah. And that one's also fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're good. Connection, uh, another band that uh, the, the dude who started Church of Misery, and I can't remember his actual name, um, he's also in a band called Gates. Just from Japan, okay. Just like a metal punk band, worth checking out. Okay, yeah, I'll uh, I'll check it out for sure. Um, what what does he do in Church of Misery? Uh, Church of Misery, he is um, fuck guitar maybe. 
guitar? I don't know. I I noticed when I was a kid, like teenager wise, I could tell you like everything about bands and all the shit that people did in the bands. Anymore, I just don't care. Like I know the names of the people who are in the band, but I couldn't tell you most of the time what the fuck they do. Right. Well, I will say that I'm just the, like they're in the fucking band. Dude. That's all I know. <laughs> I will say that Church of Misery, um, their bass player has the longest guitar strap I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's like two tied together. It is. I mean, he is. Uh, he's a tall dude. Yeah. And his bass goes to the ground, and he wears really flared out bell bottoms, which rules. But uh, yeah, they do. They're fucking. They're great, man. Great riffs. Mm, never mind. I'm wrong. It is the ba- it's the bass player. Oh, is it? No. Oh, okay. He's in Gates. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely check out Gates. Then it'll be my first listen too. I did not know he was in a metal punk band. Also, but Church of Misery, absolutely. I will jam them anytime. Yeah, man. Fucking, I'm pissed. That was when I worked at that halfway house slash like rehab facility, getting punched in the face and shit. That uh, Church of Misery came, but they played Grand Rapids. Yep. And uh, that guy Joe, I work with from Stone Ritual. Ritual. He went and he was like, "Man, he's like, all those dudes wanted to do afterwards was party, but nobody wanted to hang out." <laughs> that sucks. It was on a weekday. Yeah. It was on like a fucking Tuesday, and there was like a blizzard, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have to wait for them to come back. They're from Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they need to come to the States here pretty soon, because I'd love to see them live. That'd be fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. So uh, big ups to Shed Ghoul for, uh, you know, dropping us a line and reminding me of how awesome Church of Misery is. And I will definitely try to give Thou a second shake. I know I heard a little bit of their stuff, but I don't know. I didn't dig deep into their catalog i've never heard them not even a single note yeah i i've i've heard them i've i've definitely heard them but it was a long time ago and i just remember the first horror hound that you and i went to together a dude mentioned thou and that was back in like 2012 or 2011 or something like that so they've been around for a while and they got a lot of material out i do know that they pop up on like similar artists on spotify and youtube all the time so I'll definitely uh, try to dig deep, and I think they got some new stuff out. Because when I when you and I went to see Primitive Man in uh, Lansing mm-hmm. with Spectral Voice, I bought the uh, physical copy of the new Primitive Man record, and it said bands that you might like if you like Primitive Man and Thou was on there. And I'm pretty sure Thou has like new material out, so <clears throat> I'll have to check into that. And then lastly, I, I jammed uh, some old Conan. That's about it. But. Um, what have you been watching, man? Uh, just today I watched Christmas Evil. Oh, cool. Figured I'd uh, keep with the theme of today's show. Yeah, cool. Do uh, you have it on VHS? Yep. Very lucky. Which one do you have? I have the one where it's, it's like the uh, blue and white snowy clamshell. It's like Santa crawling into the... With the axe? With the axe in hand, crawling into the fucking fireplace, whatever. Uh, okay. Yeah, that one's cool. The slipcase is like just his, just Santa's face. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that floating around. Movie's fucking great. Yeah, the hammer scene mm-hmm. is fucking for pro and for show. <laughs> I love Christmas Evil. Uh, it's really good. You know the intro to that movie with uh, is that the one? I'm pretty sure 
where the mom and mom the two kids are on stairs yeah 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 it just sticks with me it's just like eerie I'm, i'm it just confuses me what it was it a thing where people put out a, like a hand washing station for Santa? It must have been because he picks up like it's not even like a it didn't even look like a milk and cookie it looked like a sandwich and milk or like a piece of bread and he's like washed his hands in a thing of water and the kids on the steps with the mom they all just look like confused at like what the fuck's this guy doing in our house? Yeah, well, I mean, as far as like the uh, washing the hands out with water. You gotta think the guy's climbing down a fucking chimney, so his hands are gonna be a little dirty. Take those fucking gloves off. Yeah, fucking animal. Yeah, it must have been a thing. I don't know, but uh, that that intro, that opening scene, always stuck with me. It was just it's like a dreamlike, yeah, you know, sequence. Then they cut to the kid coming back down, and it's just like Santa getting ready to like eat out his mom. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's so fucked up, man. It's like, what is going on here? <laughs> then he runs up to the attic and, like, cuts himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. But, hey, it is what it is, man. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, I wish I owned it. I don't. If I did, I definitely would have watched that. But uh, it, it's one of the better Christmas horror movies. I... I I don't own like don't open till Christmas, Christmas Evil. Um, I, I own all the Silent Night, Deadly Nights, and the one we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. I own that. Which, yeah, I don't think I. I don't own. I don't own Don't Open Till Christmas. I don't own Elves. Yeah, Elves is another one. True, true story. I have the the sequels to I have uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, VHS, and I have the sequels. I think a couple of them on DVD, but I don't have all of them. I have uh, the first Silent Night, Deadly Night, big box VHS, and then I have two through five in a collection on DVD. So that's cool. And then I have uh, one and two on a combo via, uh, DVD. So I have like multiple copies of like two and one. And Hell yeah. Um, but I was going to say... Uh, the reason that I don't have a lot of Christmas horror movies is because of the fucking price. For some reason, like Christmas horror movies are expensive as shit online. Yeah. They always are. I'm telling you. I'm no, telling they are. They Christmas are. Evil is like fucking $60, dude. And elves, don't even get me started on that. People are charging like 100 bucks for that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what's the other one? Don't open till Christmas is a good forty, fifty bucks. It's like, fuck, I'm not dropping that, dude. <laughs> I'm just not. I paid like twenty bucks for my big box Silent Night, Deadly Night, you know. And I thought that was fair because it's it's the big box. It's the original IVE. It's fucking sick, dude. You know, come. It came with the tray and everything, and I don't know. I was pretty pumped on that, but. Yeah, that's what that one pretty much goes for that price. It fluctuates. I've seen it. I've seen people buy that one for like forty. I'm like, yeah, if you guys wait, you'll probably get one for like twenty. Yeah, I've seen the slipcase go for the same price. Yeah, yeah. With the the slipcase, seems like it's a little more rare than the big box. You don't see it as much. It's just like I got the uh, make them die slowly big box. Yeah, and the make them die slowly slip. 
mm-hmm. and I think I got the slip for cheaper than the big box. Does the make them die slowly slip case say make them die slowly on it, or does it say cannibal furrow? Make them die. Make them die slowly. Okay. Yeah, it's like the same exact box. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I have the uh, big box of that also, but mine's cut. Yeah. Yeah, but it says make them die slowly. It's the Thriller big box. Yeah. That was cut to fit a clam, but... Uh, yeah, just the prices on some of them VHS, especially the Christmas ones, just blow just blow my mind. It's like, what the fuck? Especially around Christmas time. You know what I mean? But... No, that's, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Around Christmas time is when you want to buy those movies, and they they jack the price up on them. So, yeah, it's because I mean, something's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. True. And if they're doing it, more than likely somebody's fucking paying for it. Right. And people pay those prices too. It blows my mind. Yeah. But in the vein of uh, Christmas, um, what would you say? your favorite Christmas horror movie is besides the one we're going to talk about later? Um, or what's your favorite fucking Christmas movie? Shit. See, I don't... I'm, I, I like Silent Night, Deadly Night. I don't, I don't think I like that one as much as everybody does. I like parts of it. Parts of it are fucking amazing, but as a movie as a whole, I don't like it as much as I think everybody kind of... Hails it. Hails the, it. Yeah. Um... Besides the one we're talking about, because I watch this one all the fucking time. So do I. Um, Christmas Evil, probably. Christmas Evil is up there, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything I'm missing. If there's anyone one I'm missing. Wasn't there an alternate title to Christmas Evil? Uh, I don't know if there's one for Christmas Evil. I thought there was. I thought there was like, oh, you better watch out. Was that the only thing Christmas Evil? Mm-hmm. On YouTube. It's on YouTube for free, but it's okay. under the title You Better Watch Out. Okay. So. I don't know. How was it? I don't think I was aware of that. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but none of the fucking VHS or copies of it say You Better Watch Out. It's weird. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I could, pu- I could pull it up, but I'm pretty sure it's the same movie. You Better Watch Out and Christmas Evil is like the same movie. I'm, I'm almost positive. Could have been the name of it in another market. Yeah. Let's see here. But I wanted to say... Uh, my favorite Christmas movie probably is... Uh, I'd have to say Home Alone, man. I'd have to say Home Alone is like the greatest Christmas movie of all time. I try to watch that at least once a year. <laughs> the first two are great. I've never seen three and four. Dude, Te- Teflon Dave disagrees with us about Home Alone 2 being even watchable. That's, yeah. Christmas Evil, also known as You Better Watch Out, and Terror in Toyland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. But, uh, yeah, Home Alone, uh, the first two Home Alone movies are fucking just killer you know I can't stress enough (laughs) how much I love those movies (laughs) they make me laugh to the point of fucking tears and they get better with age 
Yeah, I still dig them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm finding the adult stuff funny now, whereas dudes slipping on micro machines was funny when I was a kid, and it still is funny. But the fucking travelers checks, <laughs> like this, this shit that fucking the uncle and all that shit. I love it, dude. So ten pizzas at fifteen ninety nine a piece. Yep. Ten pizzas, that's 12 bucks. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, the fucking Home Alone for sure. And uh, I also wanted to point out that the uh, Tales from the Crypt episode, man, where the with the killer Santa Claus, man, that was killer, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a... Uh, well, that was the one... Well, uh, one of the ones they took from the old movie, Tales from the Crypt 2. That was uh, one of the original segments in the movie. Oh, the uh, black and white... No, it's color. Oh, it's color? Yeah. But it came out in like the 70s? Yeah. I think it's 70s. Yeah. Okay, I've never seen that. Oh, fuck. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Is it like three stories, four mm-hmm. stories? Okay. Yeah, sure I've is. never seen it. And the uh, the HBO version, obviously from the 80s. Man, or the 90s. I can't, I don't know when that was. The Tales from the Crypt one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I don't have the set. I don't know the date on that. What was it called? All around the house, something like that. That one was really good. That was a fucking great episode. Oh, it's fucking killer. And the chick, the main chick, was from Lethal Weapon and a couple other movies. Wasn't she also the wife in Monster Squad? Yep, she was the mom or the wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was the uh, the counselor in uh, Lethal Weapon. It's important. I'm important. <laughs> I'm a cop. Yeah. You knew that when you bought the package. <laughs> yeah. She's always trying to help Martin Riggs. Oh, yeah, and Lethal Weapon. Yeah, yeah and Lethal Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that, uh, man, what, what a fucking creepy thing to see when you're fucking, like, a kid. That Santa Claus was fucking eerie. He was scary as fuck, man. He really was. He just looked like a fucking, he looked like your stereotypical deranged mental hospital escape patient yeah for sure you just put on a fucking Santa costume yeah oh but I was gonna say when we're talking about Home Alone you hear about the dad died right um John Hurd yeah the dude who played the dad from Chud yes dead damn wait no oh yeah the dad was in Chud the other dude was in Chud too Daniel Stern yeah yeah about, yeah, the John dad. Heard passed away. Yeah, he died. Oh, that sucks. He was a killer actor, dude. <laughs> that sucks, man. They just put a damper on my whole... Here, I'll drink to that, man. <laughs> <sighs> well, fuck. Fucking unmarried Christmas to me. Yeah, he was in Chud, man. He was the uh, chick's boyfriend. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. No Daniel Stern is in it. Yeah. <laughs> Which Daniel Stern's the man, especially in Chud, dude. It's so hard. If you watch like Home Alone before you ever see Chud, it's hard to take him seriously. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Thank- thankfully, Chud came out before Home Alone, so you can kind of see like if you watch Rookie of the Year before you watch Chud. <laughs> if you watch Bushwhacked. <laughs> Before you watch Chud. Forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, he was also in a movie called My Blue Heaven with Rick Moranis Mm. and Steve Martin and uh, Joan Cusack. Oh, shit. Yeah. A little small part. 
But if you watch any of those before you watch Chud, it's hard to take them seriously. What's the fucking line from <coughs> Rookie of the Year? I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a throw like I haven't seen a floater pitch like that since Scooter McGee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking way he says that. I know it's Scooter McGee. <laughs> so stupid, dude. But that movie was cool. And I, I guarantee it. that is a movie where if I were to watch it now, I would not be able to get through it. No. Not not, not even a close. Fuck no. I tried to give fucking Angels in the Outfield a shake like <laughs> six or seven years ago. And I was like, fuck this. I'm turning it off, man. It's fucking movies you saw as kids. So you're like, oh, it's not too bad. No, Angels in the Outfield when I was a kid was fucking great, man. My only bummer about that movie was they changed the uh, the actual Angels baseball team changed their jerseys to look like Angels in the outfield and had wings on the A and they were powder blue and they looked fucking terrible. Seriously? Yeah. That, that's when they switched to the Anaheim Angels. Oh. Instead of the um, California Angels. And I hated those uniforms, man. It was hard to take them seriously when they're wearing like these bright powder blue angel wings on their fucking... <laughs> But they thought it would appeal to kids, I guess. That's why they did it. Kind of like when the Ducks became a team. And for right. the first little bit, they actually had the fucking Disney fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah, the goalie mask had a fucking duck bill on it. Wait, did did they do the goalie mask like that? No, on the logo. Oh, okay, you're talking about logo. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, wait, logo. Yeah, no, no, I know the logo, yeah. <laughs> That'd be I'm sick like, if they're I'm actual... Like, like, I was thinking, like, was that like a first season thing? Like, Oh, oh, fuck. Who was their goalie? Guy Bear? Was that their goalie for the... Yeah, Guy Bear was their, was their goalie. He was actually pretty good, too, but if he would have had a duck bill on his fucking... See, yeah, I mistook... Yeah, yeah, the logo, yeah, it's the fucking goalie mask looks like a fucking duck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, do you remember Goldberg from the movie? Yeah. Have oh, you yeah. seen pictures of him recently? Yeah. Rough City. Yeah, Rough City. Yeah, I <laughs> seen it on Facebook the other day. Like, this is what Goldberg's been up to. He's been up to drugs. Yeah, no shit, man. But, yeah, a couple of uh, killer movies there. But I, I just, that sucks that John Hurt died, man. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on that. <laughs> That's really bummed. That's bumming me out, man. He was such a cool dude in his movies, like all of them. But. Fuck, what else was he in? Uh, John Hurd? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I know Chud and Home Alone and Home Alone 2. And then after that, or before that, I'm not 100% sure. Those are like the main ones that I know. Daniel Stern was in a handful of movies. You know, but Chud's where they got their start. So, that was like ground zero for those guys. Yeah. But, uh, well, what do you, what else you been watching, man? Uh, fucking really nothing. No. I no. haven't really been watching much either. Um, I watched Night of the Creeps the other day. Kind of tossed that on on mute. Listened to Acid Witch on 11 at the same time. Uh, I watched Offerings from 1989. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what do you think about that? It was okay. It was all right. It's a blueprint slasher Halloween ripoff for sure. Yeah. And the score, you can definitely tell, was inspired by Carpenter-esque. Yeah. Um stuff you know like that but it was all right the the premise like the plot was pretty fucking cool you know this dude like 
cuts off body parts and offers it as a gift. And me being a cat dad, I totally understand. <laughs> Dropping stuff off at the fucking, you know. But uh, I watched that offerings, and it was okay. It was all right. I really dig it. It's been a while since I watched it, but I really like that one. I forgot I owned it. I was just going through my tapes, and I was like, fuck. I've never seen this movie. And I can't remember where I got it. Hmm. I don't even remember where the fuck I got it, but. Yeah, I don't own that one. I've only seen it on YouTube. Yeah. And then uh, I watched Evil Dead 2. Threw that on uh, yesterday. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I prefer the first one. Yeah, one of our early episodes, we actually had one versus two. Yeah. I, I prefer the second one. I always have. I like both of them. Still never seen Army of Darkness. It's good. I mean, it's good for what it is. Yeah. I mean, you kind of get the direction that it was going once you saw two. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching Army of Darkness as a kid and losing it. Absolutely losing it to the point where I rewound it. <laughs> There's a part towards the end where they're fucking... The army of the undead basically are attacking the castle. It's just all skeletons and how they do it. It's all just like skeletons on a fucking stick. Like Muppet, like puppets almost. Oh, right. And they go and like they launch something from the castle and you just see one skeleton turn. He's like, run away! Like you seem like it's almost like somebody just taking a stick and moving it over. Oh God! As a kid, lost it. Fucking lost it. Rewound the tape. Watched it again. Oh, that's fucking golden. That's like uh, for me, the rewind uh, scene of all time from when I was a kid was Ernest goes to jail. Yeah. When he's chewing on the pen in jury duty, and the pen breaks in his mouth, <laughs> shut the fuck up, dude. That's like the greatest fucking cinematic moment of all time, dude. <laughs> oh my god, I, I wore that tape out. Me and my cousin, we just would belly laugh over that. But yeah, I still haven't seen Army of Darkness. Um, I don't know. It's like one of those weird things with me where it's like if it doesn't say Evil Dead. I'm I'm not apt to watching it. Like I haven't seen Ash versus the Evil Dead. I haven't seen Army of Darkness. The show's not bad. You I gave you like two seasons of that fucking show. They're still wrapped in plastic. I uh, I need to I, I need to watch those. I mean it's not bad. It's actually from what I've read, even like I've watched I haven't watched a lot of it. I've watched a few episodes and I didn't mind it. But everything I read, it's even everybody was saying that it just has that same feel. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, because uh, the first two Evil Deads are great. You know, especially uh, the second one. You know. <laughs> but that's all I've really been watching. I mean, I watched Halloween 3 the other day, but what the fuck? You know what I mean? I Just kind of lazy. Whatever tapes are in my room when I'm ready for bed, I just pop a tape in. And well, I've really been watching shit before I go to bed, and usually when I do that, i just been putting on, like, shows that I've seen a hundred times just so yeah. I don't pay attention to it. Yeah, background noise. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anything else you want to get into before Black Christmas? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Let's do the damn thing. <laughs> I think we're just going to jump in do it. Fuck, we're talking about the 1974 slasher Black Christmas, also known as... Silent Night, Evil Night? Yes. Started as being called... That I don't know. Stop me. Did not know that. That's what um, Bob Clark, when he was writing it, was originally writing it under. 
Oh, okay. Oh, that was the working title? Mm-hmm. Okay, right on. And then uh, change it to Black Christmas because he felt like because of Christmas being such a joyous time that it would play well something completely like dark. That was right. his uh, plan with that one. Oh, okay. Funny enough, do you know how it got the alternate title Silent Night Evil Night? Did it have anything to do with Silent Night Bloody Night? No. Okay. I have no idea. It had to do with when it was coming into the American market, them thinking that the title Black Christmas wouldn't go over well because people would mistake it for a black exploitation movie. So they changed it to Silent Night Evil Night. And then that didn't actually go over well, so they switched it back to Black Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, in in defense of whatever, the year that this movie came out, black exploitation was huge. Oh yeah, yeah. That was like, that was what was happening at that time. Like those movies were coming out by the dozens, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, seventy four, early seventies, mid seventies. So, see now I kind of want to design a poster of Black Christmas to make it look like a black exploitation movie. Right on, dude. I'm fucking down <laughs> with that, man. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, fucking this movie is easily in in my eyes the granddaddy of them all. And people will say Peeping Tom, people will say Psycho. I'm not just fucking singing a tune here. I'm actually saying that this is the granddaddy of all stalking slasher movies. This, everything about this movie screams fucking, rip me off, rip me off. This predates Halloween. Mm-hmm. And although it is a Canadian film, I think it molded American horror. Well, the thing with Halloween is... John Carpenter A said that he basically took a lot of inspiration from it. But B, the initial ideal for Halloween before it obviously turned into what it was, was at one point an idea for a sequel to Black Christmas. Really? Yeah. Like he he there was he like talked with Bob Clark. No shit. Yeah. Hmm. That would have been fucking But obviously that was like really early stages of thought on it and it ended up being turning into John Carpenter's own Halloween. Yeah, yeah, which is blockbuster in its own right. Yeah. But this movie, uh, do they ever officially say who the or show who the killer is? No. That's the beauty of it. That's that's what's killer. And it could possibly spawn a sequel. He had to fight for that. The studio the studio wanted an, an actual ending that either wrapped stuff up or had a conclusion. The initial thought was, you know, the, the girl who, um, Claire? Yeah, the Claire one who gets Harrison. fucking killed mm-hmm. in the attic? Um, her boyfriend, Chris, the goalie? Yeah. The studio's idea for the ending was to have it be, um, I'm blanking on her, Jess. Jess laying in the bed sleeping. Everybody's leave. Everybody leaves, but they leave Chris there to stay with her. And then Jess wakes up, and Chris says something like, "I was like Audrey, don't tell him what we did," and then kills Jess. So it was gonna. The studio wanted to play off as Chris being the killer. 
Oh, so that would be like a twist at the end. Yeah, and yeah. Bob Clark said no. He fought to keep it like anonymous. Yeah, like make up your own thing. Which the the whole thing now is with the way the ending ended up going, which they don't really show you the killer. They never do. But when everybody leaves the house, you hear the phone ring, and they always they the phone rings like after pretty much right after every killing. That's when the call comes in. Yeah. It's like it's meant, I guess, for this, uh, the audience to think that he killed Jess and then made the phone call. Oh, because the phone is ringing at the end when before they roll credits. <clears throat> As the credits are rolling, <clears throat> hear the phone start ringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which it's yeah, it's a wide open ending on that. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as like. You know the beginning of the movie, because that that's kind of the that's the end of the movie. The beginning of the movie, the shot where the killer is walking outside the house, <clears throat> and you're looking through the eyes of the killer. Oh, right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. Yeah, that right there to me molded the slasher film. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, that that's that's ground zero to me. That's why I call this one the granddaddy of them all because it. Every every fucking slasher movie that you ever watch has that point of view, you know. At least the good ones do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, motherfucker, uh, I also wanted to say uh, the the voices on the phone just holy fuck. Yeah, those are so creepy, dude. How they how they collaborated the fucking different voices and the different just sounds and shit. Motherfucker, that's uncomfortable to sit through, man. It's like weird. So good, so yeah. good the way they did it. Yeah, actually, the uh, I can't remember his name. The guy who did the voice, um, for one of them to get it to sound like really like throaty, he actually uh, stood on his head to compress his like throat. Really, to get that fucking like. Sound? Oh no, shit! Yeah, yeah, because there's some eerie fucking sounds coming out of that telephone, dude. Holy fuck! Yeah, and uh, real quick before you get into some of your notes, because you definitely did some more research on this than I did, I just want to point out that Stifler's mom is in this movie. This is a hundred percent fact. How have I never known? Wh- who? She's in the. She's in the uh, house sorority. With- yep. In the beginning, when they're all standing around the phone, the very first phone call, yeah, she's standing on the stairs. She's very young. Fuck. Yep. The 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 chick that played Stifler's mom is the MILF that coined the fucking phrase MILF. Yeah. Is in this movie. I never caught that. Yep. Next time you watch it, when when they're all panning around, when when they're panning around the room, she's standing on the stairs, and it's dead nuts. You can't miss it. Like it's her. Like That's awesome. Yeah. So she was super young. Can't believe I've never caught that. Yeah, Stifler's mom. I don't know her name. But I can't remember her name. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a little fun fact about the movie. Hell yeah, that's awesome. I was I don't, the thing I was gonna say before that was just that uh, he originally had the kill scenes being more like graphic. But they determined that it would probably add to just the suspense and the creepiness if they shied away from it. Mm. 
which I mean I agree to an extent. Yeah, the uh, the cutaways during the kills leave so much for the imagination. Yeah, especially the uh, the fucking hook. Holy fuck, man! See, that's nothing. Every the hook just when he first goes at Claire through the closet everything has so such like aggression behind it yes it does even the sound in his voice oh man like when he's holding the hook yeah he's shaking yeah like uncontrollably like he he can't control yeah, himself yeah he's just fucking holding the hook back but he's fucking you see his hand shaking and the hook shaking yeah and you, he's like breathing really heavy and shit yeah. he's just like ready to fucking just just oh man it's it's great it, it there's tension mm-hmm. in this movie that's why honestly it does play well with the whole movie to not show the kills yeah it, because it, you use your imagination on that you have to use your imagination with who the killer is because they don't reveal anything like everybody's been calling him calls him billy but that's never once stated anywhere that his name's billy there's nothing about him that is stated right so no one knows who the fuck he is and then the ending, they don't 100% say that's left up to the viewer to kind of connect their own dots on. Right. So it kind of, it, it plays with the movie to not show that. Yeah. My uh, <clears throat> theory on the Billy thing was Jess and what's his name that could be... Oh, her easy, boyfriend? Yes, that could easily be misconstrued as the killer. Yeah. The whole abortion thing. I think that he wanted to name the kid Billy. Uh, he wanted a boy. He wanted her to have the kid. And I think that he snapped kind of a thing. I mean, he was doing the phone call thing before he found out. But before he found out she was pregnant. But... The fucking phone call where he says, what your mother and I must know is, what do you do with the fetus? But the way he says it. And then he says it's just like removing a wart. Dude. That is the fucking creepiest shit ever in this movie. Like, that's some heavy shit, man. So my theory was, he's screaming Billy, and then he's doing two different voices. And then he's asking Jess... What your mother and I must know is. So basically, he's trying to be the kid asking the parents why they did what they did. Maybe that's just me. I smoke a lot of pot. <laughs> I don't fucking know. But holy fuck, dude. Like, the way he says what your mother and I must know is, is his fucking no joke, dude. It, it gives me chills just thinking about it. It really does. Especially the first time I seen it, <laughs> but I don't know. He's he's got like three or four different voices when he when he does the phone thing, and one of them I I just think that sounds like a little kid screaming or fucking wailing. Or well, something. they had a, a a lady did one of the voices. Okay, I think there was three people total <sighs> that did the calls. Motherfucker, man! Which actually, when they were doing the calls, that that was just them talking to the director. And then they added in all the actual phone call stuff afterwards. Mm. Man. And they said that even to 
almost red herring it a little bit more to make you think that it's Jess's boyfriend. A couple of the calls, they do the dude who's doing the voice did a couple of the lines that the boyfriend says and cried saying it like he did. So you get the impression that, oh, he said that and kind of sounds like him. Oh, okay. Maybe it is the boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, fuck. But I, I just... They nailed it with that. Oh, yeah. That was that was fucking... That's like the whole movie pretty much is those phone calls. It just builds the tension. and Then the little side stories, like the chick that gets murdered in the park. Yeah. You know, and they lead you to believe that she was fucking mangled beyond recognition. Mm-hmm. The way, you know, people are throwing up and the look on uh, Claire's father's face when they discover the body. It's like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. But... <clears throat> Uh, also, really cool that uh, Margot Kidder's in it. Yeah, yeah. This is pre-Superman. Yeah, by a couple years. Yeah, <clears throat> and I and I wanted to say, is wasn't she in Starman? I the Carpenter movie. Yeah, I I think so. I'm not because that was sure, a big though. movie. That was a huge movie, and I'm pretty sure she was in Starman with uh, what the fuck is that guy's name? <clears throat> I can't remember. But oh, was it Jeff Bridges? That is it actually was. there's a that's a movie I don't know a lot Margo, of the, all people in. Okay, uh, Margot Kidder. I'm pretty sure she was, and that and that was a huge. Yeah. Oh no, it was Karen Allen. I'm sorry, my mistake. It's way off. Samsonite. <laughs> I thought that I don't know. I thought that, uh, but it was Jeff Bridges. Um, I thought she was in that, but this is pre uh, Superman, which was obviously a blockbuster for her. Yeah, that was pretty uh, much her career. Yeah, basically. it was. It was, but she, you know, she she does really well in this movie as like a leading role. Leading ish, yeah. Leading ish. Yeah. But, uh, and then, uh, you know, who else is in this? Stifler's mom, Margot Kidder. I can't remember the name of Jess. I cannot remember Jess's name. Yeah, she was in oh, another Oh, uh, movie. Olivia Hussey? Hussey? Oh, yeah. She was in a handful of, like, other horror-type movies. She was. She was in, uh, Cycle 4. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. She yeah. was in It. Was she? Yep, the 90, 1990. 1990? Yep, and then um, like a like mid-90s uh, Ice Cream Man. I think it came out like 95. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ice Cream Man. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, she was in uh, Psycho 4. That's right. I remember that. So this movie was um, 78. They were going to do, they were going to show it on TV. Mm-hmm. NBC was going to do it. And they do plan on doing it January, like late January '78. They're gonna show up. They're gonna show it on the title uh, "Stranger in the House." Mm. Like two weeks prior to it showing, Ted Bundy killed those fucking girls in that sorority house. Oh shit! In Florida. Yeah. And uh, basically, had people like they didn't really get backlash. But people were like, "Dude, you can't show it. Like, pull this, replace it, whatever." And they ended up just completely pulling the plug on it and never showing it. And they think they showed it like. 
a year later, later on in the year or some shit like that. Oh, did they? So it still got... It eventually did get shown, but... Yeah. Fuck. I mean, it's, it's... It's no different than, you know, a Friday the 13th movie on TV with the cutaways. There's really no gore in it. Yeah. And it's basically all storyline. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? It makes sense. It's a movie that you could see on TV. It would make sense that it was on TV. Yeah, there's like no nudity. There's no blood. There's no gore. It's just... But it is definitely a fucking heavy hitter. Oh, yeah. In my uh, my library of movies. Well, fucking um, shit. People who liked it. Uh, Steve Martin and Elvis both. This is like one of their favorite movies. Really? Yeah. No shit. When Steve Martin was... Uh, Meeting with um, the actress who played Jess for another movie, I think Roxanne, possibly. He saw her and was like, "Holy shit! Like you were in my favorite movie ever." Hmm. And she thought he was gonna talk about like some shit she did prior that she was more known for. And he was like, "No, Black Christmas." He's like, "I watched it like twelve times." No shit. Oh, that's cool. And then I guess Elvis, we should do uh, screenings every year for Christmas. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's weird, too, because he was, like, super religious and everything. So, he was, like, into horror. <laughs> into Black Christmas, at least. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> right on. Uh, yeah, what else did you want to add about this? Because uh, there's, I don't know, there's still some shit going on in this movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people hold it up as, uh, like, the first seasonal slasher. Yeah. Silent Night, Bloody Night came out, like, two years prior but, I mean, it's not really a slasher. Not really. Not really a good movie, either. It's not the greatest. Nah. That's like, uh, what do they call that now? Free domain? Public domain? Public domain, yeah. Yeah, because it's on, like, a slew of fucking DVDs that I have that have multiple movies, you know? Yeah, it's I like, think, who knows if it, like, technically, if it actually is, but it's, if anybody does own the rights, they give two fucking shits about it. Yeah, true. I still think it would have been cool if you would have put it out. Yeah, uh, there was, what the fuck, Psycho Video or some shit like that put it out around the same time I was doing Manor Video, so. Yeah. I was just like, eh. Right. I was trying to get together. At one point, I was thinking about doing, uh, like, a double like double feature releases. Okay. And try to get, like, a bunch of just old public domain stuff or try to get a bunch of rights to a bunch of old movies. Obviously, that didn't happen. No, that's all right, though, man. Fucking <laughs> Silent Night, Bloody Night was what? 70? 71? 72, I think. <clears throat> was it? <clears throat> I think it was 72. 72. Dude, this I found this kind of interesting, actually. So, the score and just tones in this movie are phenomenal. Oh, for it just sure, adds yeah. 100% to... Just the the overall like creepiness, the suspense, all that in this movie. The shit he did, I cannot remember the guy who did the score or anything, but the shit he did is awesome. Mm-hmm. He would take like knives and forks and like combs and tie them to like the strings of his piano. So when he hit the keys, it would get a different weird fucking tone and then when he was recording it back like when a real reel 
he would like put pressure on the reels so it would slow down the recording. Wow. Which would give it Yeah. Oh, that's fucking nice. That's some David Lynch shit. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. what what Lynch do with the fucking record? Yeah. The fucking just slow down the fucking phonograph. Yeah, yeah, the phonograph and it was all static. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was basically the entire score to Eraserhead. Yeah. Yeah, just a fucking. That's it. That's like that's all it is <laughs> for like two hours. But uh, that's really cool to know, man. Uh, an old reel to reel. You just you don't find that in movies anymore, man. That's fucking killer. Mm-hmm. That's so creative. You know what I mean? Like, it's like it's like a, a one of a kind sound, dude. Yeah. But uh, fucking I, added to it. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, another <clears throat> one of my favorite uh, scenes in this movie is when uh, Margot Kidder gets killed with that weird glass fucking triangle pyramid thing. Oh, yeah. And the Christmas carolers are singing. That whole thing where she's getting like violently stabbed with a blunt object while kids are singing outside the front door is like so fucking great, man. Yeah. It was, it's, it's, it's really good, dude. But... Uh, so I'm saying they fucking for not showing anything they made everything so violent. Yeah, yeah, they did. The uh, Margot Kidder death is like, holy fuck, man! The dude who fucking did the Christmas Story made this fucking movie. <laughs> That's crazy. That's insane, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he, everyone gets their start somewhere. But man, did he do a hell of a job on this one? He uh, so he was a producer on the remake, and it didn't obviously didn't do too great. No, he was working on um, a sequel. After that, he died in I think like oh seven, twenty ten, something like that. When did uh, the remake come out? The fucking remake came out. It was like early two thousands. But that's Black Xmas, right? Yeah, I think it's how they ended up titling it, yeah. Is it the same plot or is it or is it different? Uh they kind of follow the same lines. To an extent, if I remember correctly, they switch things around. Like the, you kind of have more of a you know more about the killer. Like it's an uh, an escape maniac who returns to like his childhood home. Oh, okay. And I think there's some like fucking incestual shit going on in there too. Right here, uh, Black Christmas, two thousand and six. Yeah, oh six. It was the remake. Mm-hmm. Yep. James Wong. No shit. That's crazy. Yeah, and uh, Clark died in like '07, but he was he was started to work on a sequel after that, and it was going to be uh, the chick who played Jess was going to reprise her role. Olivia and Saxon was going to come back. John Saxon. Yeah, they both agreed to come back and reprise their roles, and it was basically his idea was that. Um, Olivia is going to now be the house mother in the sorority. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that would make sense. That'd be cool. Uh, Which would obviously is... it would yeah it would obviously like got rid of the whole idea that the killer came down and killed her while she was sleeping. Right. Yeah. But as it stands, that's still considered to be how it actually ends. Yeah. Fucking. What was I gonna say? Uh, uh, for some people may not know this. I don't know who that would be. So this is for you. John Saxon was in this movie. He was also in Nightmare on Elm Street. And this movie came out one year after Enter the Dragon. He was also in Enter the Dragon. In a slew of other movies. Yeah, he seems to pop up in, like, fucking everything. And he's always a detective. Always. Except for in Enter the Dragon. He got his ass whooped. Bad, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a great actor too, John Saxon. Mm-hmm. He's pretty damn good. But uh, yeah, he 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 did well in this movie, I think, and uh, it's just regular role, police officer, doing the damn thing. Yeah, but I mean, basically, you know what I mean. Same thing in Nightmare on Elm Street one and three. Um. And what what the fuck else was he in that I'm trying to think of? John Saxon. New Nightmare. He was in that, yeah. As John Saxon. Yep. That movie just went meta as fuck. Oh, Blood Beach. That's what I'm thinking of. He was in Blood Beach. He was a <laughs> detective slash police officer. With, in, with fucking uh, Pauly. Yeah, Pauly from Rocky. Yeah. Which, uh, one of these days we're going to do Blood Beach. <laughs> I think that's going to be fucking cool. Because that movie is uh, horribly bad. Yeah, I don't think there's much to talk about with that movie. No, we'll have to do it as a double feature. Because it's pretty cut and clean. <laughs> it's Jaws, <laughs> Jaws in the sand. Basically. Basically. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely, uh, if you haven't seen this movie... Definitely check out the original. Oh, 100%. Uh, 1974, this movie came out. It's got a really good cast. The plot's really good. The kills, they don't show any gore, but they leave it up to your imagination, and they're pretty brutal. This this movie still very much holds up. It does. Like, I've watched... There's some movies, like, from the 70s and stuff that seem dated. They don't have, like, the pacing's way off. Shit like that. Yeah, this is not one of them. No, this is uh, to me. This is ground zero for slashers. Which anyone that listens to our show knows that I'm a hundred percent slashers all day. That's like my favorite subgenre of horror. And this movie is like my psycho. You know, this is like what perfected. You know, this and Bay of Blood. Yeah, the, the you know Bay of Blood was first. Mm-hmm. But two different countries, two different, you know, it's just this one, you know, without this movie, there wouldn't be like when a stranger calls, he knows you're alone, fucking, you know what I mean? And then your Friday the 13th and your Halloweens and all that. It all comes from Black Christmas, man. I'm telling you. So if you've never seen the movie, watch it. See for yourself. Check it out. 
you know you'll see what we're talking about man it's like uh it's definitely ground zero yeah there's a there's definitely a reason i watch this movie multiple times throughout the year so do i i really do in the summertime it'll be fucking 102 degrees outside and i'm watching black christmas because it's a phenomenal film there's nothing about it that i don't like and uh it's that good to where I can watch it multiple times throughout the year and not get sick of it. But yeah. I, I definitely watch it around Christmas time too. Yeah, like you said, Psycho kind of put like the main, I guess, like the main pieces to what slashers were to become. True. Black Christmas kind of took that and then laid the actual like groundwork and the main blueprint for fucking slashers. Yes. And then Halloween came through and just kind of built the fucking house. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, it was like. You know, a slew of them started coming out. And then Friday Thirteenth Two just straight stole scenes from Bay Blood, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and fucking Black Christmas. Well, it didn't steal scenes, but stole like the uh, premise. Oh yeah, but definitely check out Black Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Fucking the original Friday Thirteenth. It's almost exactly how the killer is with. Black Christmas. Yes. Never even really thought that. Absolutely. That's why, like, in the in the very first scene when, when he's walking around the house, mm-hmm. that's, like, the opening scene when Annie's getting chased down in the woods. Yeah. You know? It's like you're looking through the eyes of the killer. Black Christmas was the first one to do that. Yeah. You know? Well, no, Psycho was the first one to look through the eyes Psycho of the killer. Psycho did, yeah, the POV. Yeah, yeah. But and so did Peeping Tom. But this uh, Black Christmas perfected it, I think. Well, with Psycho and Peeping Tom, you had that element. But the rest of the movie... Right. It's just you had that one element for the most part. Yeah. Black Christmas took that one element and kind of extended on it. And what Black Christmas did ended up being the basic, like the modern blueprint for a slasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know... Uh, you know, American slashers are good... They're up. They're fucking. There's some really, really good ones out there during the golden age, but other countries seem to have perfected the art of making a slasher film or a murder mystery. You know, like Italian films, Italian Jallo giallos, films. man. Or, yeah, um, and that like murder mystery. It's with like a touch of just gore. Is basically right. Yeah, they just. And this one came from Canada, and it's, you know, it's killer. It's fucking amazing. Canada put out a good chunk of awesome slashers in the eighties. Yeah, and you know, it's the funny thing is, is American people were looking down on Canadian filmmakers because they thought they were sandbagging or carpet bagging. Is that what they? I can't remember the term. Yeah, carpet bagging. I guess, which is basically making money off of an American idea, which <laughs> really funny. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth is a definite ripoff of uh, Italian cinema. So, how sacred is the slasher subgenre 
at that time to where you have to look down on people because they're making quality slashers when America pumped out a bunch of generic ones. You know, it's like Black Christmas was filmed in Toronto. Everyone involved was Canada Canadian except for the director. Yeah, like <laughs> right. So there's that, but yeah, there you go, man. Black Christmas, nineteen seventy four. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you have not checked this out, you really need to catch up and check this fucking movie out. I highly recommend it. Haven't seen the remake, but I will one day. Don't bother. Don't bother? I'll I, take your I, word for I it. I would say don't bother. Okay. But you know me. Oh, well, yeah. I, 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 I trust you. <clears throat> I trust you 100%. I mean, maybe watch it just to say you watched it. You can form your own opinion. But... To me, I was just like, eh. Yeah, I'll probably be like that, too. I'll probably get like through the first 20 minutes and shut it off. I'll be like, fuck this. That's like the Prom Night remake. That's like the fucking uh, Mother's Day remake. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. I wasn't even fully invested paying attention to that movie, and I only lasted 20 minutes. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> Have you seen Mother's Day remake? No, no. Is it that bad? It, yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. It um, it has uh, Rebecca De Mornay in it from Hand That Rocks the Cradle, mm-hmm. and uh, they basically break into this house or some shit goes down, and her she everything she tells her two sons to do they do, and they torture these people, and it has nothing to do with fucking the nineteen eighty fucking colossal cult following film yeah it's just kind of eh, not good see that's like I don't know like we could get we'd have a whole fucking episode <laughs> about talking about our views on remakes and we will and how they should and should not be done and you guys would probably disagree with a lot of the shit we say because obviously they're succeeding because they keep making them so our views mean shit yes but that's another discussion for a different day. It is. It is. So, like Shed Ghoul, drop us a line. Yeah, we fixed. Uh, I still get paranoid. I've sent a test email. You sent a test email. Mm-hmm. I've received both of them. Okay. So, I think we are good if you guys want to send us shit through our website, which, if you do, our website is burntofferingspodcast.com. Um, if you don't want to do that, hit us up on Instagram. We are burnt offerings underscore podcast. Uh, if you're on the the Facebook, we are burnt offerings horror podcast, and then on Twitter we are underscore burnt offerings. Uh, so yeah, drop us a line, hit us up, thoughts, comments, concerns. Yeah, definitely watch Black Christmas. It's the it's the season. Absolutely. All right, thanks for listening, guys. All right, see you guys later. <laughs>